lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Partner at Step Right Capital Planning. Good morning and welcome to the show today. The topic is income tax. Did you just shudder? Paul Drillard is my guest today and he's going to share some insights and strategies that will make tax time easier and not so scary. Um, and the goal is also to perhaps reduce the income tax that we pay. Uh, Paul Drillard holds the designation CPA and CGA. His professional path in finance has been gratifying, varied, and challenging. From the first stepping stones at IBM to management positions at Hallmark Cards, he has also been immersed in the challenging world of the automotive sector, moving on to CEO and president at Pastel Group before taking on public practice as profit accounting in late 1999. Paul would say that deciding to make this initial move into the public sector has proven to be one of his best career decisions to date and has set the stage for an exciting new phase as part of KW Region's largest CGA practice, DSK LLP. DSK is a combination of unique people, strong in their respective fields and specialties, yet an easy complement to each other. Why do their clients like to work with them? What makes them different? Some would say it's the small community feel to their culture and office. When clients feel comfortable to ask questions, they feel confident that they're working with professionals that truly have their best interests at heart. Their roots in the community also provide that sense of stability. They're with you throughout all the seasons of your life and business. Their experience across a broad range of financial roles and industries gives them the background they need to truly understand your challenges and anticipate potential issues so they are successfully averted. Hi, Paul. Good morning, Lynn. It's great to have today? you here with us today. I'm I'm great. Thank you, yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah. yeah. So we're headed into that very busy time for accountants, so thanks for taking the time uh, to help us out today. Before we, get into, before we get into the tax guidance, um, would you clarify a few of the things I said in the introduction there? Um, I threw around a lot of letters. There was the CPA and the CGA and then DSK and LLP. Could you explain all of those to us, please? I know. Isn't it great to have a world of acronyms? Oh, yeah. Do it just to confuse the public. It's my <laughs> <laughs> Well, first off, CGA stands for Certified General Accountant. And in Canada, there were actually three different uh, accounting bodies, Certified General Accountants, uh, Chartered or Certified Management Accountants, and Chartered Accountants. And at one point in time, there's division lines. Chartered accountants were public accountants. CGAs were industrial treasury type people. And CMAs were more cost and manufacturing accountants. Over the years, those lines kind of all blended together. So actually, just this last year, all three accounting bodies merged together, and now we're all chartered professional accountants, CPAs. So now okay. 
there will be a phase out. There will be no, no such thing as a CGA or a CA or a CMA anymore. We'll all be CPAs, which makes it a lot easier for the general public to understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. DSK is actually the name of our firm. It's based just an acronym of our last name of the three partners, Drillard, Sandbrook, Kingston. So myself, Rob Sandbrook, and Jason Kingston, we merged our practices together to form what they call a larger practice unit and offer more depth to our clients and uh, just offer security that if anything happens to one of us, that our clients are protected because there's others there to fill the spot, fill the void. Mm-hmm. 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 LLP is simply a legal thing. Limited liability partnership, you have sole proprietors, you have corporations, you have partnerships. Well, we actually are a partnership, and we have limited liability because the three of us individuals, um, through our own professional corporations, own the the firm, the partnership. So it's just a legal moniker, nothing to really Mm -hmm. get overly concerned about. Yeah. Okay, so if we just call you DSK, that would be... uh... That'd be a lot that easier. Be. Or Paul. Keep my buddies. Just call me Drew. <laughs> hey, Drew. <laughs> now you're con- now you're con- now you're confusing things. Oh, I know. Dear. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we we call it year end tax planning, um, mm. and like the planning that we recommend around income and expenditures and charitable giving and retirement and retirement income, um, it means giving careful consideration to the subject, Um, and certainly if there's a way that we can owe less tax, um, it means we're keeping more of what we earn, and I think that everyone's interested in that, but who can really benefit from um, this year-end tax planning? You know, Lynn, just what everybody, when I started writing all my notes down for this topic, it becomes a huge item. And saving tax actually goes beyond just actually reducing the tax bill. It goes to the point of not missing deductions. It goes to the point of um, not uh, forgetting to declare income and then having penalties and interest assessed later. Mm, so right. I have a whole big area that we can go through for um, those listening audience to understand that we can do things to help you save tax, but we also bring things to your attention that you might be missing that might save you uh, embarrassment, penalties, and interest at a later date. Aggravation. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. as everybody knows, when filling out taxes, it can be quite aggravating, quite uh, complex, and quite square, scary for a lot of people, too. So, right. And I think and there's certain pr- deductions that are there's certain deductions that are forgotten that you don't claim, and CRA will never bring this to your attention. And later right. on in the show, I can give you an example of that. Okay, that's great. So this is a kind of show I, I, I would say, um, Paul, that maybe we make the disclaimer that um, you know, this is for general information, and um, you know these things maybe need to be brought to the attention of of your own professionals, or <clears throat> you know, certainly if um, you know if people don't have someone to discuss these things with, um, that you would be available too. But um, you know, these, these are are things for general information and you know how they're applied to each person possibly um you know needs careful consideration absolutely tax planning is, is always individual specific but yes what we're going to discuss today are very much general items uh, when it comes down to your own individual tax planning and just doing your individual tax return it is it is truly just all about you and uh you know i just a lot of people try and do it themselves and um, at the end of the show, 
I think you'll find a lot of people decide not to do it themselves after some of these items we bring to the light here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, uh, what what's the first point that you have for us? Well, what I was going to do is basically just kind of walk you through, because a lot of people start filling out their tax return right from the beginning to the end, and that's your income inclusion to your deductions to your tax credits. So I just thought I'd bring a few things to light um, just from the start. And the, the most common thing is, and I'm going to focus on individuals today, not businesses, not corporations. Okay. So the basic thing is a T4 slip. Um, and there's a lot of things that are actually missed by people when they fill out their own tax return on a T4 slip. For example, deductions on a T4 slip. If you pay union dues, if you have donations through like United Way, through your company, mm-hmm. uh, employee paid premiums on, for a private health care plan, all those amounts are noted on your T4 slip. And we, we see that a lot of people miss putting that on your tax return. Okay. And those are deductions. Those are deductions from your income. So if you forget to put down your union dues or your donations or your medical costs, that's lost deductions, that's paying higher tax. Wow. And believe it or not, that's a very common mistake, and that's right there on your T4 slip. So, hmm. Yeah. Right. Another and as you, real common And as you say, Revenue Canada is not looking for uh, not looking for things that you've missed in, in that way. <laughs> they're going to look for income you missed. They're not going to look for deductions you missed. They will never, even though it's ever right, tell Even you. though it's right there. <laughs> yep. And I've heard this right from the horse's mouth one time. They will never tell you that you've missed a deduction. Never. But they will tell you if you've missed included income. And they've said it's not their job to inform you that you've uh, cheated yourself. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I know. Yeah. So, another huge one, and uh, if I can just digress into a story about uh, someone who prepared their own tax return for years and years and years and just had a feeling they were doing something wrong. They worked for a Quebec company. In Ontario, Mm -hmm. so they're a sales rep in Ontario working for a Quebec company. Well, those people who do that, they get a T4 slip, and then they get what they call a relief slip from Quebec. On that relief slip, you'll see that the numbers are almost identical to the T4 slip. So that slip was ignored year after year after year by the taxpayer, and all they used was the T4 slip to record their tax return. Mm -hmm. There's one box on that relief slip that you have to use, and that's the income tax deducted amount because on the T4 slip was only the federal portion. On the relief oh. slip was the provincial portion. Okay. I redid that person's tax return for three years, and they got $13,000 back. Wow. And that is just a common employee working for somebody in Quebec. So, again, to all you listeners who work for a Quebec company and get a relief slip, double check to make sure you're not mm-hmm. shortchanging yourself. That was huge. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So the other thing that uh, I can dive into, you just want me to sort of ramble on a bit here. Sure. Um, One area to be aware of, and there's a lot of servers out there, a lot of waiters and waitresses getting tips. Right. And Canada Revenue Agency has really clamped down on auditing for tips. In today's day and age where everybody pays by debit card and credit card, guess Uh what? Your tips are now right front and center. Right. They did an audit on four restaurants in St. Catharines. So four restaurants, 145 servers, and they found $1.7 million of unreported income. So each wow. server got reassessed $12,000 income. They got a $3,500 tax bill plus penalties plus interest. So all I can say to the servers out there, 
the days of just declaring 10% on your tax return are over. So mm-hmm. be aware. And again, this doesn't save you. It does save you money by doing your tax return correctly. Right, right. Yeah, and, and it's a big focus area for the CRA because when they hit a home run like this, you know they're just going to expand their audit base. So what would what, how would you recommend that that people do keep track of what their tips should be? Well, they do actually get money in their hands, so they know how much they have. It's, it really just is a simple thing of writing it down on a piece of paper, an Excel spreadsheet, how much they get in tips. Right. And just uh, keeping that there and declaring that as income at the end of the year. Now, the smart individual will then take 25% of those tips and put it into a bank account because that's what's going to be required to pay the government at the end of the year. Right, because we haven't paid tax on that. Yep. That's right, yes. Mm-hmm. And that's a big, big area because there's a lot of people in the uh, hospitality industry that get tips. Yes, and and their hourly amount um, you know, may not be a very high income, so the percentage that the employers taking off, you know, not reflecting the tips may be quite, um, you know, quite lacking as far as being the right amount. Absolutely. Yes, it'll never it'll never cover the tax exposure they have. Right. Unless they make less than 12000 a year, which I highly doubt a full-time server would make less than 12000 a year. So just an area to be aware yeah. of um, because it doesn't happen the first year. It usually comes back to you two or three years later, and so you're right. getting a $3,500 bill for three years, plus mm-hmm. penalty, plus interest. You'll have you'll have like a $15,000 tax bill on your hands. That's devastating. Yes. So yeah. not to scare people, just showing what reality is all about out there. Yeah, yeah, and again, okay. you know, take careful consideration again is what we're advocating here. Um, Very much. You know what? It's already time to go for break, Paul. So uh, we'll okay. do that, and we'll we'll um, be ready for your next point right after this break. Very good. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. This is Step Right with Lynn. The topic of the show today is income tax. Did you just shudder? Um, and 
certainly if you have uh, any questions for Paul about income tax, um, give us a call um, at 613-800-8736 or join us on the chat room uh, on the A to Zen website. So, um, Paul, I just I had a question. You mentioned the waiters and the and the waitresses, and they audited the restaurant. And you you said um, so. Would they actually take what had gone through the? Um, would they just take a percentage, or would they take what had actually gone through the visa and the um, and the debit machines as as tips? That's exactly what they did. They added up all the uh, visa receipts, the uh, MasterCard, American Express, debit, all those receipts, and you put the tip right on the receipt. So they just added all right. the tips together, cross-reference it to what all the servers report on their uh, tax returns, and that's where the discrepancy came to light. Right. So the, pro- right. the problem they have there now, which is not really truly fair, is who got what. Right. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. yeah. So they, so they, they would did, just... They just they did a proration based on the uh, amount that the T4 was for each restaurant. So okay. if you were a full-time wage earner, you got a higher portion of the tips than the part-time wage earner. Mm-hmm. So when I say mm-hmm. $11,700 average, it could have been like 20000 for one person and maybe eight for another. Mm-hmm. But yeah. and, and, some, and some restaurants, I think, do kind of divvy things up, um, you know, sort of evenly, but a, a lot don't as well. A lot right. of times yeah. your tip goes directly to your own to your own server. Yeah. So yeah, so it could end up not being totally fair, I guess, in the end. Um, exactly. So, you know, again it goes to the taxpayer. If you were honest, which is what the tax system is based on is honesty, and you recorded, you know, a reasonable tip amount mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you probably would have not been uh, caught under this, you know. Well at least at least audit. if yeah, if you have if you have claimed nothing, then you, you're going to owe them a lot. But if, if at right. least you've made an attempt, even if they, um, you know, even if they did the audit and required more, at least you've paid something to it. Correct. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Oh, okay. What else do you have for us? Well, one of the other big areas that was introduced a couple of years back, and uh, a lot of seniors are taking advantage of this, but some are not, and that's the pension splitting, where uh, if you are getting a private pension plan, you can split that between your spouse up to 50%. This is actually a substantial tax savings for those who are on pension. It can save thousands of dollars in tax. Now, mm-hmm. we automatically do that for all the uh, people that we uh, do tax returns for. All the, all the, And you're not even a senior. Nowadays, when people retire in their 50s, they're collecting pensions, and they can be split as well. Um, okay. And it's, it was. It's great when you do this for your clients, and they come in and they're like, "I'm getting three thousand dollars back." And I say, "Yeah, we put some of your pension income onto your uh, your spouse." I didn't right. know you could do that. So if you're doing your own tax return, <laughs> it it doesn't automatically happen. You have to know to do this. Right. So, and and so yeah. that is that that's based on the source of the money, uh, like yeah, you were saying. It, it's, it's not based on plan. age. It's not based on Correct. age. It's not based on okay. age. It's based on the source. So if you're if you're a teacher collecting a pension and you're only in your early 50s, you can still split that pension. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and obviously that's one spot that would make a huge difference. Absolutely. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, another one is universal child care benefit. Like everybody that has children on the age of six gets $100 per month. 
Okay. Um, here's where, if you're a single parent, you can benefit. That a lot of them don't under, don't realize that you can do that. If you're a single parent, you can actually have the child claim that income and not you. So that gets the income out of your hands. It's $1,200 for the year per child, but again, if you're in the 30% tax bracket, you're saving almost $400 in tax. Wow. So. Uh, yeah, and I guess that that points to, Paul, that anyone can benefit from professional advice. That's right. You know, because possibly, you know, you might be talking about someone perhaps who doesn't have a huge income, but, you know, but that's one point that they might think, well, I don't, I don't make a whole lot of money, so I don't need to have professional advice. But this, you know, that one line there points to, uh, again, everyone can, can benefit from, from, uh, absolutely, yeah. from knowing. Yeah, that's what, like, like- like our our starting rate is $150 to tax and people look at that as $150, but that mm-hmm. one person right there would save $400. Right. So it's cover the fee plus money in their own pocket. So, and that's just it. If you if you're not sure, then seek professional advice. But if you're sure and you're confident, then my hat's off to you. Go for it. Um, hmm. So. Okay. Do you want me to just ramble on through a few other items here? Yeah. Give, give us another one. Okay, the other one that uh, you need to be aware of is investment slips. And you're a financial advisor, so you have a lot of clients that that earn interest income, dividend income, and they get what they call the T5 slip and a T3 slip from their investments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are seeing so much of this. People move, they forget to uh, tell uh, the financial advisor their new address. They don't get the T3 or the T5 slip. They forget they receive this investment income. They do not report it on their tax return. Right. If you don't claim income, in two out of three years, you get assessed a 20% penalty on the undeclared amount. Wow. So let's just say you have, yes, let's just say you have people who have done well in life and are getting a T3 slip for like $6,000 of dividends. Mm-hmm. A 20% penalty, that's $1,200. Wow. It's yeah, that is cheap. huge. Yeah. 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 And so and I, you, I, you can see people forgetting those because they haven't actually received money in their hand. That's right. You know, their their investment is is sitting there and and so, you know, their their logic is, well, I didn't get any money out of that, so I can't owe anything on it. Um mm. and 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 what complicates that is that there could be a year when that when that account doesn't generate a slip right right Right. it could it could generate a slip for three years in a row and then there could be a year where it doesn't generate a a slip and that will confuse people as well so you know if if your investment has you know generated a slip for three years in a row and this year you don't get one you should call your investment advisor and find out if you should be getting a slip for that. Yes, you should. That's exactly correct. The one thing we do for our clients is that we have a a system that tracks how many slips you got last year. So say you were a client of ours, we would know that you got three T5s and two T3s. So look for a three and two this year. And if you didn't didn't get them, we'd say, Lynn, how come you didn't get these? Go back to your financial advisor and find out why. 
Yep. And, you know, in a lot of cases, in a lot of cases, we'll, um, you know, the client will ask us to speak directly to the accountant because sometimes that is simpler too when when there's slips missing or or there's some confusion whether there should be a slip or, you know, why isn't there the slip that was last year. Sometimes the, um, you know, sometimes the, the client gives us um, authorization to speak directly to the accountant. Um, we love that when things. that happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. The other, the other thing with the T3s is um, most companies, because of the calculations that have to be done, well, I don't, I, I don't know of any company that doesn't take longer on their non-registered investments. So, you know, people may have all their other tax slips in very early. They may take everything in and think, well, they're way ahead of things this year but those t3s don't because of all the calculations the companies need to do on those they aren't available the first two weeks of january that's right you know they will be most, closer most of them are to available the end. Till april yeah. yeah 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 and then and that's something that that i think people really need to be aware of is that you may not have all your slips until april yeah the uh, especially for financial institutions is march 31st to yeah. get them out. Yeah. yeah. So it's really so if dangerous thing. Yeah, if they're preparing them that last week of March, you're not going to have them until April. And mm-hmm. you know, we'll have we'll have people start calling, you know, do I have all my tax slips or why don't I have this tax slip? And you know, the the thing is they just can't do those calculations until all the numbers are, you know, come in. It, mm-hmm. it does take some time to um, to get those slips out. So that's yeah. another reason I think why why people might tend to miss those T3s is they think everything has already come in. Absolutely. So they may not, by April, they, they're not they looking get a for slip it. Later for like, they might get a slip later for $15 and just say, you know what, it's $15. Uh, who cares? I'm going to bother doing my tax return over again for $15. But right. what they don't realize is that's strike one. If you don't declare, oh. if you don't declare that fifteen dollars, and the government catches that, which they will in the summertime, that's strike one. Yeah. And it was only fifteen dollars, really? but it doesn't matter. Yes, absolutely. And so and you know you what? That strike. that even seems that even seems like logical thinking to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. But, but that seems like logical thinking. It's fifteen dollars. Well, big deal. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but it it goes against you. So that goes, there's your first year. So now if you miss one more year after that, you're done. You get the 20% penalty. So heaven wow. help you that second year you had good investment returns and you have that $5,000 slip. And now you got a 20% penalty on that. So be aware of that. Okay. That's all. So we tell everybody, if you get slips after we've done your return, as long as you, the taxpayer, notify the government, you're fine. You're absolutely okay. Right. And mm-hmm. and so what would they do? Just um, What would they we, do with that tax slip at that time? You just fill. It's called a T1 adjustment. It's just a one-page adjustment re- page that just says we mm-hmm. forgot to include this T slip in our tax return. Please add it to our tax return. Mm-hmm. And you send it into the government, and then you readjust your tax return for that. And because you brought it to their attention, there's no strike. Okay. Yeah. Well. So very, yes. very, very important because we're seeing a lot of penalties, and unfortunately, it happens to more and more. Um, seniors because they tend to have more wealth and they tend to spread their wealth over different financial advisors 
and they don't know how many slips they're supposed to get per advisor. They don't know uh, if they're supposed to get three from you and two from the other advisor. Right. And that's what we try and we try and ask for the investment slips so that we at mm-hmm. least see if there was interest or dividends. If there was, then we're like, okay, you don't have a receipt to back this up. We need to go get one. Right. So right. That, again, so there's a there's a reason to use somebody else to help you prepare. Yes, yeah. And and to keep things simple, right? Some sometimes um yes. you know, sometimes people's planning um you know, hasn't hasn't the goal hasn't been to keep it simple and and so things can um mm-hmm. you know, you can get so you have so many slips coming in and it's in some cases yes. not necessary if we um if we just plan to simplify a little bit as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's time for us to go to break again. So after this message, we'll get right back to our topic. Yeah, we'll get into deductions after this. Okay. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Today we're talking with Paul Gerlard about year-end tax planning, and we're learning some things about uh, about the different things that we need to be paying attention to. Um, so, Paul, we're going to talk about deductions now. Um, what deductions are people sometimes missing? Well, missing or not using properly is the RRSP. Okay. Um, okay. Because RSPs are a great tool for savings, and you can get a deduction on your tax return for contributing to an RSP. But what a lot of people don't understand is that you do not have to claim that deduction in the year that it's made. And the reason right. why I say that is that let's just say you're making $30,000 this year, and you make a contribution to your RSP. But you know that next year you've got a new job, you've got a promotion, and you're making fifty or $55,000 next year. A substantial jump, plus you've just jumped up one tax bracket. You can save that contribution you made this year and claim it next year on your tax return when your tax rate is higher. That's mm-hmm. planning. That's tax strategy. So, again, right. when people get a contribution, they think they have to record it the same year they've made it. So there's another thing that uh, just something to be aware of, that yeah. you have alternatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one one similar um thought to that too is um 
people people will say, well, everyone should be doing RSP. If you're working, you should be doing RSP. But a lot of times it makes sense, too, for young people, um, you know, if their income is not high, but, you know, there's the potential for their income to go up and up, sometimes it makes more sense to to save some of those some of that RSP room for those years when they're they're making more money and save more on their income tax as absolutely, well. Absolutely, absolutely. Maybe use the TFSA instead of the RSP until that happens. And yeah, that's where yeah. talking to a professional like yourself makes a huge difference. Then you can guide them through the proper way to invest. There's another RS, RSP um, item that I think people misunderstand a lot too, and that's when they're doing payroll deductions through the employer. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they're asked to fill out a form um, so that the employer can take off less tax. Um, do you recommend they do that or take the, um, you know, take their, you know, wait till the um, end of the year? Yeah. Um, that's very dangerous because unless you really have a great handle on all your income and all your deductions, I don't recommend you do that because a lot of times people end up still owing tax because they didn't have enough taken off. Mm-hmm. I know it goes against the grain with giving the government more money than they deserve and getting a refund at the end of the year, but I would rather a client get back a $500 refund than have mm-hmm. them pay $500. Right. It's a huge difference. Yeah, I agree with well, you on that one. Yeah, and I guess when when you start at the beginning of the year, there there's always the unknown, right? There could be some income that that you're not planning on. Um, yes. You know that um, that the employer isn't that, that isn't taking into consideration, or that you don't put on that form. I guess that's the thing. The responsibility comes down to the person to um, yeah to really be accurate on the income. If you're getting the universal child care, there's no tax taken off of that. If you're getting investment income, there's no tax taken off of that. Right. So if you forget right. about those two streams of income, that could cause you to be paying tax right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so. and people people tend to be very confused by that form when they get it, I believe, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people the don't know The opportunity to, I wanted to discuss, that. Lynn, with RSPs that a lot of young folks might not be mis- taking advantage of here is the contribution to the RSP and then taking the money out for their home buyer's plan. Right. You can put money into your RSP. Let's just say that you are going to buy a house next summer. Okay. You can put in in money to your RSP this year, get a contribution for it, get a deduction for it on your tax return, take that money out next year to put it towards your new home purchase. What you've just done is you've created a bigger refund for yourself and still mm-hmm. have the same amount of money as your down payment. It's a great tax planning strategy. So, again, one they should talk to you about to make sure they take advantage of that. And sure. they also qualify the new home buyer's tax credit, too. So it's a wonderful gift for new home buyers that are, uh, you know, in their, well, started out and have, mm-hmm. and most people nowadays are in their late 20s buying their first house. If they're making some decent incomes, they could use the RSP contribution and then pull it back mm-hmm. up for the home buyers. So, again, a good strategy. Okay, so you mentioned the home buyer's tax credit. Um, tell us what that is. Well, if you buy your very first house, you get a $5,000 tax credit, which is equal to $750 cash in your pocket at the end of it all. So, And either spouse can deduct that. So if a, if a couple buys the new house, either person gets it. It's the same dollar figure for either one, but it's just an incentive to get into the housing market. 
again, it just um, allows you that $5,000 tax credit, $750. It kind of just helps cover some of the costs of buying that house, mm-hmm. the land transfer tax, the legal fees, stuff like that. Again, right. if you forget to tell your tax preparer or if you're filling out your own tax return and you just don't even think about the fact that, oh, yeah, I bought a new house this year. Because let's face mm-hmm. it, if you buy a house in February, don't fill out your tax return until the following March or April. Yeah. That's been 12 to 13 months. You might forget all about the fact that you just bought that house last year and you missed that tax credit. Or or so, you might not know there is a tax credit. You might not know it's even there. That's but right. everybody that's listening now knows there is one. So There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, that, that's, that's great. That's to remind them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what well, I mean, right. what other deductions um are are we not making the most of? Moving expenses. A lot of people miss deductions for moving expenses. If you move 40 kilometers closer to your work, um you can have moving expenses as a deduction. Now, it's not a simple one because it's based on the fact that did you own um a house prior to that or did you rent? Did you buy when you come here? Did you rent? But Let's take the fact that you owned a house um, here in Cambridge. You moved to um, North Bay because you got to transfer to a job in North Bay. All your moving costs to North Bay can be deduction. If you had to stay in a hotel for a couple of days until your accommodation is ready, that's a deduction. If you Hmm. had a, a moving company move you, that's a deduction. Your real estate fees, your legal fees, that's a deduction. There's a lot of missed deductions here when you move for uh, employment purposes. So mm-hmm. that's probably, that's the largest one I can think of because that is, you could be like $50,000 when you look at wow. real estate fees, legal fees, moving costs, everything else like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So in in that case, it it would seem like, say you take on a new client, you must have to ask an awful lot of questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to really understand, you know, if they're brand new to us, how did you get here? And, you know, in some instances, they moved here from another city. Well, that's the first question we ask. Did you move here for mm-hmm. business purposes? Did you move here? What reason why you came here? Then we then we determine whether or not you have a claim for moving expenses. Then we uh-huh. start asking all the other proper questions. Did you own? Did you rent? Did you sell? You know, did you have to stay in a hotel for five days before you got your house? Like, there's a lot to be considered, and there's a lot at stake here that's missed. Hmm. So, yep. Yep. Okay. So, um, another one is um, carrying charges. A lot of people see that item on their tax return called carrying charges and have no clue what that really means. Okay. And uh, it's a simple thing, um, investment management fees. If you have a financial advisor that... If you have non-registered investments and you're paying a fee for them to manage that, that's a tax deduction. Those are missed. When you pay us to do your tax return, because it's a little complex, our fee Mm -hmm. is a tax deduction. And another one is a lot of people are getting to the point of borrowing money to invest, you know, to buy um, stocks or bonds that pay interest or dividends. That money, that interest is tax deductible. But I must stress, mm-hmm. it's only tax deductible if that money is used to invest in investment vehicles that give you interest or dividends. Mm-hmm. If you're investing in things just for capital gains, that's not allowable. But again, these are items that are missed, and they can be substantial dollars. 
Right. So carrying charges is another one that people uh, tend to forget. And nobody's ever going to tell you that you forgot to claim these. Right. Yeah. So I guess the the things that we're running through here, too, are um, they're all good things for us to make a mental list or to jot down right now things that we should be discussing with our accountant. If um, Yes. So that we yeah, don't miss any of these things, because if you didn't know, um, you know, if if you just walk in with your slips, um, how's your accountant know anything is missing unless they ask? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The onus still goes on you to make sure that you advise your accountant. And if you're not sure, give them everything. Like we ask for mm-hmm. investments statements from uh, from your all the different investments you have. And again, if we go through that and we see that um, you have non-registered investments and you've been assessed a management fee, then mm-hmm. at least now we we capture that. And we'll go through all that stuff. And right. We'll, we'll find that out. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's good. Little things like that. Those are those are deductions that um, people very commonly miss. Very commonly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other the other one that um is getting more and more popular with employees is um when you have to pay your own employment expenses. And there's a lot more people out there that are being commission sales reps and working out of their own house for companies that are out of the state or the different provinces. You're an employee of that company, but you're working out of your own house. You just have a home office. Okay. Those are deductions. Those are deductions you can make on your tax return for your home office. If you have to pay for anything out of your own pocket for employment purposes, like say you need a cell phone for employment purposes, but you have to pay for that bill yourself, that's a deduction for you. Mm-hmm. If your employer says that you need to have your car to drive around to make all these sales calls, but they're not reimbursing you for any vehicle expenses, that's a deduction for you. So, again, employment expenses has become a large area, and a lot of people are missing that. Hmm. I would have thought that most people would be aware of of claiming those kinds of, those kinds well, of expenses. They might be aware, but they might not know that if you're um, an employee, you can only write off certain parts of your costs for your house. If you're a sales commissioned employee, then you now can add other items for your house, such as mm-hmm. uh, you know repairs, maintenance, and utilities, and all these other wonderful things. So you have to be aware of what is available to you. Um, right. A simple thing like uh, if you have a computer and you use a computer for your work, but you bought that computer, you cannot write off the capital cost on that computer. But if you lease that computer, you can write off the lease cost. Okay. <clears throat> See how it's yeah. not totally fair, but you have to know the rules in order to decide what you can claim, what you can't claim. Right, right. So just things like that to be aware of. Well, and and to know before you purchase the computer that Absolutely. that you could write off the lease and and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So there's a whole bunch of other deduction items, but I see we're kind of running out of time, so. Maybe after the next break, I'll get you into tax credits, which is kind of the last okay. large area that uh, a okay. lot of clients are missing, a lot of taxpayers are missing. 
All right. So I guess with deductions, just be aware that there may be some things that you could deduct that that we aren't taking advantage of right now. And and um, to leave it there for further thought. And after this break, we'll get on to the credits. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atozen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Hello again. Today I'm chatting with Paul Drillard, and we are learning how to give uh, careful consideration um, to our income taxes. Um, Okay, so Paul, we're going to talk about tax credits. What do we need to know about tax credits? Oh, there's quite a bit here. But before I get into that, just one last one thing about the deductions. Deductions, mm-hmm. if you don't use them all in the one year, you can actually carry them forward to future years. The thing okay. with tax credits, they're called refundable tax, just tax credits, which means they are not allowed to be carried forward. If you don't use them this year, then they're gone, other than donations and, and tuition. So okay. there's a huge difference between deductions and tax credits. Tax credits are here today, gone tomorrow. Deductions are allowed to be carried forward. Okay. So what they mean by tax credits is that they just say, okay, we have a whole different slew of tax credits available to you. The one common thing is the basic personal amount of 11000 and change. And what that basically just says is that we're going to give you a credit of $11,000. So if you only make up to $11,000, you'll pay zero tax because the tax credit will wipe out your um, tax liability. Mm-hmm. There's an age amount, so if you're born in 1948 or earlier, you get a $6,800 tax credit, and again, that's just to help out with um, rising costs if you're um, an elderly person. Right. But we also have a whole bunch of other tax credits that I don't think a lot of people truly understand, um, and this is where a lot of people miss deductions. And single parents... Who um, have children? If you there's an there's a spousal deduction or spousal tax credit, but if you're married, usually your partner, if they're working, makes too much money to ever claim that spousal. So that's never oh, okay. on your radar. Now you separate. Well, now you don't have a spouse. So now the government says, okay, well you can take one of your children and make them a knowledgeable dependent, and that child then will qualify for that eleven thousand dollar tax credit. Mm. And that is a huge, huge bonus for you know single parents mm-hmm. that uh, often gets missed if you do it yourself because you don't think about the fact that your child now becomes your equivalent to married 
spousal duty. Right. And the other big one is um, the disability tax credit. Mm-hmm. Um, with the demographics of people getting older, and unfortunately with diabetes and strokes and you know certain ailments inflicting a lot of us, uh, it limits your life abilities. Well, that also then can qualify you for a disability tax credit. And that disability tax credit is available to you to use on your tax return. If your income is too low to use it, it can be transferred to your spouse, and your spouse can use it. Okay. The nice thing with this tax credit is that let's just say you became disabled in 2010 and you didn't even know about this, and then you come to um, visit us and we let you know about the fact that, uh, you know, you probably could have qualified this. You get your doctor to fill this form out with you. You send it off to CRA. They approve it. They say, yes, as of 2010, you were disabled. You can go back to those years and get that tax credit applied back. We've done this so many times, and it's resulted in thousands and thousands of dollars in refunds mm-hmm. for clients and because of this. Yeah, and and I think sometimes, you know, hearing impaired, um, visually impaired, um, there's there's quite a lot of, of people who do qualify for that. Um yes, there that, are. that that may not be um aware of it and and there are once that's in place there's the disability savings plan which we won't go into the details but you know, once you have that um that um disability certificate in place there are a lot of opportunities that um you know generally people aren't taking full advantage of correct correct and the okay. other thing that as soon as, as soon as you have a like say you have a spouse that has qualified for the disability tax credit then there's also a good chance that you might qualify for uh attendant care um or oh, caregiver okay. amount um if you have to do certain renovations in the house now to accommodate the person on disability, putting in crash bars and putting in those special bars and showers and everything else, right. those costs qualify for medical expenses. Okay. And again, these are missed. So medical expenses is the next big one that a lot of people miss. Um, just talking to a client the other day who had to go to Toronto for um, their procedures all the time. Travel costs and meal costs are a medical expense when you have to travel okay. out of your region for and that is missed so much. So many things that are there that just are unknown and the tax packages that you might buy will not even tell you about. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's what frustrates us as tax preparers. We look at that and say, Oh, what an injustice. You you think mm-hmm. your tax return might be simple, but you've just missed so many deductions. Right, right. And and I think that, you know, the the thing is to to have a conversation um, you know, with the person that's preparing your taxes and let them know what's going on. You know, which, you know, as a financial planner, I tell people that too. I need, you know, let me know what's going on with you because there are some things that we have to deal with because of uh, you know, different circumstances that you're going through as well. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, for all the listening audience, please let your financial planner know, let your accountant know what's going on in your life. Um, that's mm-hmm. why it's so important to meet at least once a year and just, you know, we're your, we're your confidants. Don't be afraid to tell us what's going on. Don't be afraid to tell us that you're separated from your spouse. It's mm-hmm. there's so many things, so many things that we need to understand to, to make sure life gets as much benefit possible from it. So. Yes, yeah. 
There's other things That's I can say. One last thing, since we're almost out of time. Students. Okay. A lot of students who are going to university, they're paying tuition, but they're not earning any income because they're just so busy doing the work. They don't bother to do a tax return. Mm-hmm. You have to do the tax return so that you can declare that tuition so that that tuition carries forward to the future years so that when you actually start making money, you have this huge, huge tax credit waiting for you. And Which if you happen awesome. to live off campus, yeah, if you happen to live off campus and are paying rent, then you'll you'll qualify for the trillion benefit and you'll get a check every month as well that will help offset some of your living costs. So students, oh, man. make sure you file a tax return. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's a very good piece of advice there. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, we have to remember that, you know, paying tax is a good thing because it means we made some money. So we have to be careful what we what we wish for too. Um, quickly, what would you say to people that blame the accountant? <laughs> <laughs> blame the blame the accountant for what? Blame the accountant because they because they because they, they owe money. Owe, I know that's a common one we get. It's like, how come I owe money? You know, make it make it so I don't have to pay money. Right. And we say what you just said. It's not a crime to pay taxes. The crime is to overpay taxes. Right. And that's right. what we try to make sure that you don't do is overpay your taxes. Right. You know, the, you can, you'll have a bunch of pundits out there that says the best thing you can do is owe taxes at the end of the year because that means you've been using the government money all year long. Yeah, so as long, long as you got the money in the bank to write the check, that's okay. Exactly. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Most people don't. <laughs> yeah. So. How can people reach you if they have more questions for you, Paul? Well, we can be reached by uh, calling 519-249-1209, or you can check us out on our website, which is dskcga.com. And we're always willing to uh, answer your questions, and there's no fee for the first consult at all. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Paul, for sharing those tips and strategies with us today. I know you had lots more that you could have shared, but we are out of time. Yes, it's amazing how much is in here when you start writing down on paper. <laughs> Thank you very yep. much, Lynn, for the opportunity. And That's uh, wonderful. Again, it makes total sense to see not just your accountant, but your financial advisor, because we don't invest yeah. your money. We don't maximize your returns. That's what you do. That's that's correct. Thanks, Paul. Um, Thanks, Lynn. So next week, uh, our guests will be Ev Wodarski and Valerie Hill. We're going. The title of the show will be A Dream for Uganda. We're going to hear about a trip that they just had, a charity, a new school uh, for the arts in Uganda, uh, and the work that they're doing there. Um, this is Lynn Wedham. The show is Step Right with Lynn. Until next time, take the right steps to support yourself, your family, and your community. Bye for now. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community. Until next time.